Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Send It With Steph. I'm Steph Leckenstein, your host. And today I have my roommate, my best friend, and my teammate this season as my guest. It's Miss Trisha Mangan. We are sitting in Sugarloaf. We've been here for like a week. We've only done two races because the weather has been really tough. And Trish had a pretty good downhill race, huh? You're pretty... Yeah, good good day for me. (laughs) Do you have anything you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? (laughs) Um, No, hopefully you'll learn a little bit more about me. But yeah, I'm excited. Um, It's been super fun being teammates with stuff. And I think the podcast is super cool. So I'm honored (laughs) to be on it now. (laughs) Trish and I have literally been living together all year and talking about making an episode all year. (laughs) Yeah, it took until month six when she ran out of other guests for her to invite me on, but (laughs) here we are now. (laughs) Finally, I finally get to interview you. Um, Trish and I spend literally every second together for the last six months, but we've talked a lot about growing up. I feel like a lot of people ask us about Mm -hmm. when we were growing up, and over the last few weeks, I think we've both realized how different our like upbringing in skiing was and also just in like mentality and sports in general um maybe Trish you can tell them a little bit about how you got into ski racing like how you started out and kind of what motivated you I guess yeah um we're finally here the top teams in college basketball have been determined and the final four is set Are you looking to wager on these games or the national championship? Head over to betonline.ag on your desktop or mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all updated odds and info along with player props and new contests throughout the year. It's the best source for all your sporting wagering needs including live betting and everyone's favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today and learn why everyone is saying Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Yes, just to provide some context, I think that like lately, especially when we've been talking to younger racers and stuff, or parents, they're always like, What did you do? So I think that um Steph and I've realized that like there are so many different paths, but um yeah, I grew up in western New York, uh, skiing in Ellicottville, New York, um, and a small mountain. It was called Hollymont, and I am not from a skiing family, which is actually something Steph and I have in similar mm-hmm. in common. And um, yeah, I think that when I think back on those years, the main focus was that I was super competitive, um, that I was always trying to go faster and especially beat my twin brother. Um, Mm -hmm. He jokes about that all the time that (laughs) I always say that, Um, but it's very true. And yeah, just growing up, it was um, very much just race focused from when I started skiing. I think that was a bit of a result of it being just such a small mountain mm-hmm. versus your experience on a big mountain. But yes. yeah, that was kind of my mentality, or at least what I remember of it. Yeah. 
for context, also, Trish comes from a really big family, so yes. you have two older brothers, a twin brother, and yeah. then a younger brother and a younger sister, so, I mean, it makes sense you were very competitive, yeah. <laughs> you grew up with all these boys around you. Yeah, I was a middle child, I needed to get attention somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was way smarter than me, so I was like, okay, I must need to be good at sports to get my parents' attention. Yeah, so you, growing up at Hollymont, did you go like, directly into the race program? Because you said you started very young. Like, that seems to be common with, I mean, smaller hills. Like, yeah. Like, the race program starts pretty young. Yeah, I mean, I started skiing when we were three, but then we all, my two older brothers, my twin brother and I, all entered the race program at the same time, and I was six. So, yeah, oh, wow. I was super young. Yeah. And that was just, um, like, I don't even know if we did ski school before that it was just like went right into the race program mm-hmm. as an organized thing for us to do on the weekends nice you're yeah. to like get rid of the kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah they actually tell funny stories about when we did learn to ski um we went to different places when we were younger like um jackson hole and grand targi and they said that we like always always showed up for like the ski lessons and there would be days when it'd be like negative 20 degrees Fahrenheit out and like the instructors would be there and no one else would show up and my parents are like nope our kids are fine like they want to ski today take them (laughs) so yeah now I'm soft with the cold but I I was I was used to it at one point (laughs) that's really funny um I had a different intro to racing like obviously coming from Whistler we my dad for like my dad raced in university but oh, okay. he raced in Queens so or Western. I didn't know that yeah so he he did it more like once he got older um like his main sport was sailing obviously but I we went into kind of like the ski scamps program that's what it's called in Whistler <laughs> and that started um like I went into it when I was in level six I think so you're six years old kind of and um whatever you move up and then we, like, when I was starting racing, we didn't have a U12 program or anything. Like, we went oh, wow. into, um, it was kind of just, like, a fundamentals team. It was called J4, but we did, like, freestyle, we did big mountain, we did, like, learned how to turn properly and carve, so it was kind of a little bit of everything. And then when you got to U14 age, you can kind of choose, like, do you want to go into racing, slope style, or big mountain? And I went into racing because... I was pretty bad at jumping off things, so... Wait, that's very cool. I didn't know yeah. that you were introduced to everything, like, all at once. Yeah, so they that's did, cool. yeah, they kind of had this program, it was two years long, and almost everyone I knew who ski raced, or who skied, did it, because it kind of, it got you into the different programs, so, like, you learn the fundamentals of everything. But, yeah, it was much more relaxed, I found. Like, I don't think I really had a, like, I want to win so badly yeah. mentality until I was in U16. Like, in U14, our races, I wore, like, ski pants and stuff. <laughs> like, it wasn't that crazy. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember, like, I, want, I don't want to paint the picture that I was, like, <laughs> one of those kids who, like, if they lost like pouted and cried because I really don't think that was it like I I had we had such a fun group of girls at Hollymont and like that was a huge highlight for me it was all like my friends and stuff um I think that there was I also got really lucky because there was this group that was like two years older than me and those Mm -hmm. were the really cool kids and they were Uh, all racers and I and I like wanted to be like them um so (laughs) 
that was also like a motivating factor because I yeah. don't I really don't think I was ever a sore loser it was but I did really like, like winning, winning. <laughs> yeah no I mean you don't have to be a sore loser to like winning but that is it's interesting you had like yeah that was a I think that was a huge thing there yeah. was all these um very fast gears a couple years older hmm. I don't remember that being a motivator at all honestly <laughs> it's so hard in Whistler to be like a dedicated young racer because you're not really seen like you want to be cool you want to uh-huh. fit in and like obviously big mountain is like the huge thing in Whistler so when you're a little kid in your yeah. little spandex suit like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't nerd. really want to be there but um I definitely got lucky with friends too like my three best friends all raced yeah. until we were in fist basically so that makes it yeah it makes a big so difference. much so much fun um was there a point when you did like get more competitive or take it more seriously yeah or want to or did you think about like oh I want to be really fast at this or something yeah I think when I got into U16 and then everyone I kind of grew I think before a lot of girls like I hit puberty pretty early I think and I so I was just like a lot bigger um than everyone my second year (laughs) U16 and at first, I could just, like, ski however I wanted and win a race, and then I think once I started, like, consistently winning, then when I didn't, I was like, oh, crap, like, I really like winning, <laughs> and I think I just really liked being competitive, so honestly, that was probably the turning point, because up until then, like, you're just a little bunch of little scraggly kids, yeah. and, like, yeah. the kids that want to go fast are going to win, and I think that yeah. I, like knew how to go fast yes. it was pretty easy but then once I like actually started having competition in it and yeah. like... <laughs> that's actually a big thing when you're younger because like on the one hand you can be a really good skier but you can get very far by just being like I need to get down as yeah. quickly as possible <laughs> and that was definitely me for a very long time <laughs> I mean I still don't have good technique but back then it was <laughs> it was tough to watch I'm sure no um, you, I think you have good technique I think um okay the whole point of like us talking about us when we were younger is Trish and I had very different like entries into ski racing but we both kind of had similar paths like Mm -hmm. Trish made the U.S. team slightly before me I made the Canadian team but we were both we're the same age and we both kind of worked up the system in the same way and then both had similar exits from the national team to go to school um, and now again, like, yeah, it's very similar exits exact... from school back onto like yeah, the, at the World same Cup time. Team. So, um, it's just, we found that it was very interesting that we like never yeah. didn't start at all the same, but we ended up doing like, yeah. and I, identical things. I think that the reason behind that is like, although like we had those different things growing up, like throughout being on the national team and then going to school and then now like committing again to the world cup our motivations Mm -hmm. um are super similar um and it's just basically i mean i don't want to speak for you but that we love skiing are still super motivated to get faster and put Mm -hmm. in the work and see a lot of potential still um that's kind of how i see it like that's why our paths have kind of found the similar thing is that um I don't know, a lot of obstacles have been thrown our way, but it's not deterred us at all. It's been like, okay, how are we going to overcome these? Yes, I 100% agree. (laughs) Yeah. 
you. We talk about school a lot. So Trish went to Dartmouth and she graduated in 2021, but you did the Dartmouth like spring and summer. So maybe explain a little bit about that. Um, Yeah, I when I first started at Dartmouth, I was just doing spring and summers just to work around the season. Um, which is honestly super convenient, um, that they have that and you are able to do that. Um, and I, yeah, I'm glad because at Dartmouth, you like integrate into the community a ton, even though you're just going during those terms. Um, but I don't think that I, like, I learned a lot from those years about skiing, but I think that then when I was kicked off the team and went to school in the winter for the first time and did everything. Um, that was when I really matured a ton and like, I feel like that was a big inflection point in my skiing career too. Mm -hmm. Um, and it taught me a lot. I think school, I always say school taught me like how to work super hard because it is Mm -hmm. so much harder and you have so much on your plate, which is really cool because you don't think you're going to be able to do it all. And somehow you do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm very proud of just like getting through those times. And then also it kind of shows you like, do you really want to keep skiing or not? Because Mm -hmm. it's super hard to do it. So if you don't want to, you're not going to do it. Um, and I think that was a big thing for me when I went to school. It was like, no, this is still super important to me. So I need to figure out a way to make it happen. Um, and I think that that has been like the biggest thing going into this year is knowing how much I want it. And like, this is totally my choice to be here and I'm committed to that. And there's like no questioning it. Um, yeah. hundred percent. I think a lot of people we've talked to about school, school, what school has taught them, because NCAA is like a tricky thing. I mean, I've talked about it in my mm-hmm. other podcast episodes where <laughs> it's hard because on one hand, it's like a pathway back onto the World Cup circuit or back into ski racing. But on the other hand, it's very much a way for people to kind of use their ski racing to complete their degree and then retire yeah. and yeah. go into whatever the real world. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a so, lot of different ways you can take your NCAA yes. career. Yeah, so being like the fact that both of us went into ski racing kind of I I mean went into um NCAA almost not on our like not on our full decision like it was kind of like put on us yeah I think taught us a lot because you're kind of forced to adapt really quickly and like change your whole mentality of ski racing very quickly and kind of um yeah you obviously have to work to yeah. get back out because yeah. it's hard to come out the other end of NCAA, I think. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to like all the parents asking like, what's the perfect path or whatnot? Or like me looking mm-hmm. back at um, me growing up skiing or like, should I have done something differently? Is that it's hard because like, I wish I could tell younger Trish all these things, but um, I don't know if I would have listened to myself because you kind of have to experience it yourself to fully, um, yeah, to like know how much you really want it. Mm-hmm. I don't know because like if I, if my parents had told me like, you need to do this and this, if you really want to make it, like I wouldn't have been like, oh, do I want to make those sacrifices? Yeah. Um, but I think with college, you just realize, um, you figure it out for yourself and then you're very sure of it because, yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. And you learn, like, obviously, you come out with a degree or 
Um, you have whatever you're different. <laughs> like you learn a bunch of stuff, but yes. you also um just learn a lot about like how to survive. Um, how to be, like, resourceful. Yes. Like, this is something Trish and I both also talk about a lot, is, like, fundraising and, like, joining teams and how to make, like, a certain program work. Because when you're just in the national team program or you're just on, like, a certain path and you have no... You don't really have to, like, look out for yourself as much. You just go with the flow and you kind of, like, just take things as they are. But... When you're independent and you're kind of like you've gone through different phases of your yeah. career, kind of, I think you learn a lot about like what yeah. it takes. To yeah. <laughs> and every decision is on you, which is can be stressful, but it's also like very empowering to be the one deciding like, okay, this is how I'm gonna make myself better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a lot. It's very different than being on yeah. the national team. I feel like we have to. <laughs> There's so much to talk about there, but yeah. I know. Trish is like a masterful fundraiser and like <laughs> sponsorship person. No, no. So. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> it is. Stop. I learned so much from you. Mostly for product sponsorship. We're unreal <laughs> at that, but um, yeah. we, we have similar tactics. Honestly, it's interesting like yeah. looking at how we before we had even talked about it, like we mm-hmm. had similar fundraising ideas and similar... Yeah, that's another thing about being independent is, mm-hmm. like, it's been so nice learning stuff from you, and I've also realized that, like, you need to ask so many people for advice and help on, like, so many different things. Like, mm-hmm. there's the fundraising side, there's, like, okay, like, how often should I be training? Like, yeah. like so many things that you just don't think about as but when all those decisions are being made for you. Do you think that, because I know a lot of independent athletes who don't think the same way we think about stuff like do you think that has anything for us anything to do with us going to school like do you think that because we were having to problem solve all the time at school and like we were I don't know not even (laughs) even if there wasn't a problem in front of us you were like already thinking ahead like oh god (laughs) yeah um versus maybe someone who like didn't and they just went yeah only been ski racing and that's all they've had to kind of do yeah, I don't maybe. Know. It's interesting. That's yeah. interesting to think about because that could also just be our personality yeah, type. Yeah, we're just like, <laughs> a little bit crazy. No, no, it's true though. But it's, I mean, if you're gonna invest so, I mean, this is how I think about it. Is like I am investing so much time and money and like asking other people for their help. So I feel kind of obligated to make sure that I'm like thinking about all the things you need to think about. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I don't know. Very, Maybe uh, I definitely overthink a little bit, <laughs> at least a little. We're a little bit overthinking, but we know how to take care of ourselves, I guess, which is a good thing. And yeah. another thing, this is things just keep popping into my head, but um, <laughs> being like, I know that this is gonna be like kind of a generalized statement, but girls' teams are generally more individual than boys groups like I find boys teams there's usually just in general a bigger group of them they come up through the system together more Mm -hmm. versus like girls they kind of are a couple from each age group maybe but a lot of times you're alone or you're sent to races alone and I think that we've both kind of had to deal with that and it really teaches you how to like reach out to people Mm -hmm. and how to not be afraid to ask for help versus I think if you're 
constantly in a group and constantly yeah. with a team, you don't yeah. necessarily have to like put yourself out there as much because Yeah. I also think that goes back to like um when you're on the team, like the coach is making all the decisions for you and like yeah. if you're with a bigger group and there's like and you're all kind of at the same level mm-hmm. or like the same age or doing the same stuff, then it's easier cuz you can just like do whatever the coach says or what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but that is really interesting. I, I hadn't thought that. about that. You and you, you and me definitely have the like questioning. Gene. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. Um. Yeah. That is very true. Like, like question. Question everything. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It's. I mean, how are you going to, like, feel good about committing to something if you don't, if you don't know about. It? why those decisions are being made you know yeah the reasoning and stuff this is a very good point especially for our younger listeners or if you're a coach um for coaches like definitely do not need you don't need to take offense or feel like athletes are like questioning your authority when they ask questions and if you're an athlete and you're younger or you feel like you don't really have a say in stuff like don't be afraid to speak up. I mean, yeah. obviously there's going to be some coaches that don't like feeling threatened or feeling like they're yeah. being questioned, but ultimately yeah, it's your career and you have to stand up for yourself and make sure that you're getting the best for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that, that you can get better at it saying it in a way that doesn't like yes. make questions <laughs> coaches feel bad. And, and that's definitely something I've had to learn. Yes. Um, but I, like, even when I do go on the hill with any athletes or do any drills, the first thing I say is, like, this doesn't make sense. You need to tell me because if if you yeah. if a coach is telling you something and you don't understand or don't agree with what they're saying because maybe you don't understand it fully, then you're that's going to be in the back of your mind. And when you're doing that drill, you're not really going to be trying. So then you're just wasting your time. You're wasting their time. So, yeah, I'm a big proponent of questioning so you understand yes that is yeah very good for younger athletes I luckily my dad was always asking questions and he was kind of always questioning things so I kind of learned that from him but I do think sometimes it gets you a bad reputation or gets you like people yeah which it shouldn't no 100% I mean obviously if you're being disrespectful that's kind of on you but if you're simply trying to Understand. find the best program for yourself, then yeah. it doesn't make sense that a coach would yeah. not be interested in helping you to the fullest. And that's more of an ego thing, I think. They yeah. Don't... Yeah, that is actually, now that I think about it, like Steph and I obviously had different paths growing up from a younger age, mm-hmm. but I do think that there are a lot of similarities between us, um, especially when we talk about like our years on the national team. I mean, like all, yeah. all of our... Uh, career so far um we're definitely advocates for the group like yeah. we, we yeah. want to make sure that is yeah like we if something's going on in the team and like I'm not gonna <laughs> just sit by and not say Complain something about it and yeah. not do anything yes that's yes. the worst um yeah we're both like okay this needs to change like I'll I'm not afraid to speak up about it which might have hurt me um a little bit (laughs) but I I like don't regret that at all I think that you need to advocate for yourself and the team and and stuff and um yeah I don't know I think that hopefully you're in an environment where that is um not 
uh, yeah, judged or like, judged, yeah, yeah, viewed negatively. I it is hard to, especially as a young girl, female, like female athlete, in like a male coaching yes. dominated sport. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, but there are so many. It's hard to be a female coach. I. I honestly like I it is hard. I yeah. I sympathize with the coaches that don't want to be female coaches and get put in that position because ultimately you have to be a certain kind of person. Oh, you mean to be a girl coach? Yes. Oh, like, I thought you meant yeah, yeah. to be like a a a man being a coach for Girls. female athletes. It's definitely different than have, coaching boys, for yes. sure. And you think differently, like there's there's different needs for female athletes and like Mm-hmm. Some coaches are so unrealized. Like, they just yeah. get it. Like, Thomas. Like, Thomas. I know. <laughs> Thomas <laughs> Wilson, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Coach MVP. Um, no, it is It is different, so that's something to be aware of. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, that's all I really have on that topic. I think that, <laughs> but I think that it's good for coaches to hear that because um, it probably feels like especially younger girls. I mean, I was definitely, yeah. <laughs> I was definitely a brat and like went through my like hormonal teenage yeah. years phase where I feel bad for my coaches and <laughs> have since apologized. But, um, yeah, at the same time, I definitely think girls should be speaking up. If you're a man signing up to be a coach for 14 to 16 year old girls, you, Bless better, your soul. <laughs> you better know what you're getting into. Yeah, that's actually the age, 14 to yeah, 16. you just gotta know. Like, it's, yeah. it's not Don't take easy... it personally. <laughs> don't take anything they say it's personally. It's not an easy task. It's the same as if you had, like, I don't know, a bunch of 12 year old boys, like, but yeah, they're for just different gonna... challenges. Yes, for different challenges. Yeah. Yeah. But... It's, yeah, coaching is an interesting art. I don't anticipate doing it anytime soon, <laughs> but yeah. I don't think I could, I don't think I could leap into that career path quite yet. Um, what else should we talk about? <laughs> we have, I, I have a younger sister who races. I don't know if you've like to talk, I know you had Katie on here, but it's so interesting because I, I said this a little bit earlier, but you want to tell them so much and help yes. them, but at the same time, um, you kind of have to figure it out for yourself. So I also sympathize with parents who yeah. <laughs> um, are want to help their kid be an athlete or to be mm-hmm. the best at anything, um, and they're just not listening, um, because I do think that th- to a certain extent, the... Um, kid has to want it themselves and figure it out themselves Mm -hmm. and um yeah to fail a little bit it is good to fail for sure I do think that's like I think about this a lot with my sister and how she didn't have a lot of free reign with her own like choosing of stuff because like I oh I see kind of went through it all first yeah I laid this pathway that totally worked for me in a lot of ways, but, like, probably was not right for her in a lot uh-huh. of ways, and um, I think, luckily, now we're, like, old enough that she's learning, but she kind of missed those, like, key the hard younger ways. Fail, yeah. key younger years where you, like, fail a lot, or, like, it's kind of trial and error, because yeah. that was definitely the case with me. Yeah, yeah. And we're also very different people, so you yeah. have to, that's, Yeah. I know a lot of parents, when they ask us advice, like, obviously what worked for me isn't necessarily going to work for them, and Mm -hmm. the stuff that I struggled with is not necessarily going to be an issue, so it's really hard to give, Give advice. 
kind of yeah unbiased but like (laughs) helpful advice it is very challenging I know which is why I love when I just like an athlete themselves comes and approaches me because then it's way easier to help because it's like you know where it's coming from um but yeah that is true I think that uh stories like people telling stories about their experience which is why I kind of wanted this podcast to be more about like storytelling and like Mm -hmm. explaining what everyone went through because ultimately I could come on here and say like go do this you have to go do this and you're gonna make the national team but um I think it's better to hear like people and to hear like I totally have that where you hear someone talking about something they went through and how they felt and like what they did and you're sitting there and you're like oh my gosh like I feel the exact same way and that's really powerful I think and really cool and can make like a big difference versus someone just being like I did this and then I did this and then I did this and now I'm here (laughs) exactly yeah I love listening to stories I love listening to people kind of just like even in other sports like Mm -hmm. I love hearing people talk about just the way that they approach different things um and also if you're an athlete and you can like kind of visualize what they're talking about it definitely helps you (laughs) yeah (laughs) like come up with the idea in your head on your own versus someone just like yeah telling it to you I guess yeah that is true once one thing this is um kind of jumping back to earlier in our conversation but one thing I do think am very thankful for growing up is that I think I was like very secluded in little New York so like I didn't even know what the US I didn't know the US ski team existed Mm -hmm. so when I was growing up it was always very much like one step at a time focused like just focused on getting like a little bit faster um, which I think is really nice and obviously now there's social media and everything Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day, and that's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com believe. Disclaimer, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended for to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Way more than there used to be, so it's harder to, like, just keep the perspective simple. Um, but I think that that's important is, like, don't try to think too big picture too early. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of little, little, a lot of little small things that make a big difference. 100%. I, we even were, like, close family friends with a lot of national team skiers, like Robbie Dixon and the Janics, and 
I think I understood, like, I watched them on TV at the Olympics, Mm -hmm. and I watched, like, I watched them ski race, but I don't think I fully understood that, like, oh, we're in the same sport, and that's what I'm trying to do. I know. I didn't either, which is so bizarre. I know, because then you hear stories, like, Michaela Strickland, like, who literally was brought up, just all she was thinking about was making the national team and winning World Cups, like... I didn't even understand that World Cups were a different race yeah. than yeah. what I was doing. Yeah, I had no idea. No, so I think that, yeah, it's interesting to see that, like, you can kind of, I do think not being fully exposed to it was a good thing, and, yeah. I mean, who knows, maybe we would have been prodigies if we had <laughs> yeah. been exposed a little earlier, but I I wouldn't change. It made the process very enjoyable. Like, yeah. I've never really been that burnt out, and results... No. It's always been like, okay, I just want to keep getting faster. And that, yeah, you don't really get lost in the, no. oh my God, I didn't win or qualify for this. Or instead, yeah. it's just like used it as motivation to be, like, I want to get to the next level. Yeah, 100%. We are very similar in that way where yeah. we both like really enjoy the actual skiing process. Yes. And I mean, there's a lot of other stuff that goes with it that maybe is not the most enjoyable, but. I think that if you don't grow up learning to, like, love your sport, then it's going to be yeah. really hard once you get into the hard parts of it. And, yeah, like, at our age especially, where yes. a lot of our friends are, like, going into full-time jobs and yeah. trying to, like, build a future. And we're kind of in this spot where we're, like, trying to find a future in skiing, I but know. we're also independent. And it's Yeah, yeah. And, again, like... I maybe used to get a little bit more freaked out about that when I was younger, but, like, going to school it made me very mature, yeah. and, and that's kind of what I was talking about, like, with the feeling very confident in my decision to be here yeah. um, more, which is good, because you don't want to, like, always have a voice about, like, should I be doing this, or, like, yeah, oh my gosh, all my twin brothers, like, RDA's on his second job, and, like, mm-hmm. Has a savings account. (laughs) (laughs) Buying rental properties. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Another thing Trish and I talk about a lot is, like, how having a teammate and Mm. someone, like, who's a constant in your life makes a huge difference and makes all the good and bad times so much easier and kind of (laughs) just, it makes the whole journey a lot more enjoyable because... When you're alone, it is hard yeah. to, like, see past whatever mood you're in in that specific moment, but yeah. when there's two of you, like, luckily we have pretty alternating good and bad <laughs> days as far as mood. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am so thankful for Steph. <laughs> um, uh, I have told her this, but she, yeah, she is super positive person and um, has helped me so much this year like be a lot more positive and not lose sight of like the oh my gosh like what we're doing is really cool and Mm -hmm. we should be thankful because um yeah even just today in Sugarloaf it's like day (laughs) five of canceled races and we're starting to go crazy and stuff's like no it's okay like we're here we're like nowhere else we can really need to be <laughs> everyone's getting like everyone here the races are canceled it's not the end of the world um but yeah it's so nice having a teammate that also is doing the same things because they get it mm-hmm. so it's not just someone saying like it's gonna be okay and they don't really understand because Steph feels all the same things and and sometimes it's just really nice to have someone that understands um mm-hmm. and is there and wants to help you and comfort you 
and you're working at like towards the same goal together 100 percent. and especially when you're at our level where mm-hmm. you're like training together constantly living together constantly like we know what we're both doing we yeah. both know um yeah. we can both see the work being put in from each other so it's like it's very motivating in that sense mm-hmm. and then when we're also on the hill like I think both of us having strengths and different things this year was very yeah. helpful I mean for me specifically because I think yeah. you're an amazing super do skier and getting to kind of watch you and like also yeah, it is nice that even when we're... I was like, racing I would like still get so I was so emotionally invested in the race because yeah. stuff is giving me all her downhill skills <laughs> I know you beat me yesterday two days ago and you, yeah but you have to keep helping me I know um, it's it is nice having someone that like you respect their work ethic a yeah. lot and so when they're like you know that at any time the kind of results could go back and forth and so it's more of a like yeah excitement on both (laughs) oh yeah no it's so much it's also nice like you are happy for more than one person so I have a bad day if Steph has a good day it's like oh it's okay (laughs) one of us did well when Trish went to the Olympics I did not I was so excited I was like I'm gonna get skim stuff when she gets home Yeah, yeah it is really nice having a teammate and it has made the year really really so much more enjoyable and fun than I've ever had um yeah yeah I think we also were learning how like this is something that we (laughs) I keep saying we talk about this a lot and it's because literally Trish and I spend every second together (laughs) so there's a lot to talk about but we talk a lot about like how boys are so much more open to talking about skiing and technique and stuff and this year Trish and I have made like a very big effort to like talk about it more and Yes. try to like yeah help each other and like talk about what we think is working versus yeah yeah because then it normalizes it more and it makes it so that I don't know like I never get offended when you're like oh you should try doing this because I know that you're like yeah and no I'm just genuinely like I am just curious about like is this normal to be thinking like this yeah. or how should I think about it a different way um mm-hmm. and our older teammate Marisha definitely like especially in summer I feel like helped us a lot but then when we'd go to world cups we'd sometimes like just be on our own in the hotel and not having like an older teammate or being on a national team where like a person is sharing their advice Mm -hmm. I think it was like even more important for us to be like okay how are you thinking about this and like you're doing this really well and I'm really Mm -hmm. struggling but like I'm doing this a little bit better Um, so I think that the more you can talk with your teammates about skiing, it's like two yeah. brains. Or even <laughs> Makes sense. the other day before the downhill, like going over the, visualizing yes. together. Like yeah. that was the first time I really visualized with a teammate who like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was very nice. Right when we get to this point. <laughs> we, yeah, right when, yeah. Thomas likes to talk about, um, we as a general group are going down the course. So now Trish and I think in we. <laughs> when Steph and I get to this point, we're both going to do this thing. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to be able to share like ideas and share what we think is going to work. And then also like when we talk to other athletes, we're like not shy to 
bring it up to the other one. I know we've been oh, rambling yeah. for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, that is true. I love asking, but I think that's just like us asking questions yeah. and trying to learn more. But I think I, you're more curious than me, which is very helpful for me because you ask a lot of people a lot of questions and I just sit and listen <laughs> because I sometimes just can't think of the questions. Like I know what I want to try to do. But... Yeah. But at the same time, um, it is important to if you're going to ask a ton of different people for advice, like have a filter because not everyone is going to have the right answer. So I think that's like a bit of a disclaimer there is like, if you're going to ask a lot of questions, know that like, okay, I hear you, but I don't necessarily agree. Don't tell them that, but (laughs) no. Um, Yeah. I mean, have, have your ideas and your like thoughts in mind when you're asking the question don't just go in full blank tell me what to do here (laughs) exactly what like you could yeah Yeah. that's something for coaches too I know a lot of coaches like to be kind of like filled in on what you're feeling and Mm -hmm. some coaches just love to tell you what to do I'm personally not that type of athlete where I just like enjoy being told what to do I definitely like saying how I feel to see if it looks like that yes Sometimes you can tell them how you're feeling and it looks nothing like it. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, Especially when you're trying to change your skiing. Yeah. It'll... Like, my stance was so narrow. And they're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you could fit a horse in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very true. That type of stuff is, yeah. You just have to figure out what works for you. and. But even, like, this, I feel like this conversation is just an example of... Um, how pretty much all of stuff in my conversations go because we're both trying to figure out the same thing. Um, we both care about it a ton. We put a lot of effort into trying to do what's ever best, but at the same time, like we're learning, everyone else is learning mm-hmm. and, um, you have to find the balance of like trusting yourself, but also knowing that like your process and your plan is going to keep evolving. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, everything is like a balance. Yes. This podcast was completely unscripted. I just wanted to see what happened when Trish and I sat down in front of a microphone. <laughs> Stop gua your leg. <laughs> Can you hear it in there? Yeah. If you heard a weird noise, that was Trish gua So Hey, we're skiing tomorrow, hopefully for the first time in seven days. So oh got to get the muscles ready. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that was enough for episode one. I Trish and I are going to film a bunch more episodes in the spring. We have so much to talk about. I think we're yes. going to have some more, like, specific ones. Like, I really want to do one on fundraising. Yeah. I really want to do one on school and just, like, the do's and don'ts. Yes. <laughs> because we yes. have different experiences, and I yeah. think that we could and talk a l- ton of athletes recently have been asking me about school. Yeah, I think it'd be good. And yeah. then also... The do's and don'ts in ind- of independent yeah, teams. Yeah, that'll be a good one. <laughs> there's so much stuff that people don't tell you, and I think that it is a really cool route, but there is yeah. so much unknown. That yeah, that would have been nice to know beforehand. It would have been very nice to know. <laughs> <laughs> would have just been nice to be, like, prepared for yes. what's going to happen. Yes, because very true. everyone hypes it up as, like, it's this unreal thing where you get to plan everything, but at the end of the day, there are so many tricks that, like, yeah. we've slowly learned, and I think going into next year huge difference because yes. we have a lot of experience but yeah um yeah well thank you so much for listening thanks for coming on trish thanks for having me <laughs> sorry for we... the rambling no they love it <laughs> um i will see you next week thank you for listening to believe 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.